0: BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here.
1: Welcome, everyone. It is the Fly Guys Podcast. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein. Take two, Cameron. It's take two. We tried this yesterday, and technology is a thing. And so we're trying again today. But you know, honestly, probably better because we were already on kind of a tighter schedule yesterday it was really the podcast guides that crapped all over Cameron's Wi-Fi and uh, gave us another chance do you know what to do it then do it the right way today Cameron how you doing today
0: I think I think that is a great mindset I think that's exactly what happened because uh, it was it was rushed it was a rushed episode didn't feel entirely myself going into it um, so yeah I'm glad we can we can just kind of put it behind us I will say if it wasn't everyone likes to say that I'm the calm one here and like it, it, that's mostly true but for you out there <laughs> who don't know me um when things don't go well technologically wise I'm no longer the calm one Justin is immediately the calm person he's the one who's able to figure it out he's the one who's able to just look at it the way like a PTO mother would look at things of just like <laughs> well um the mics the mics are great the mics are good like he very positive minded. So if I couldn't have gotten through without him. But we're good, dude. I'm good. We're here. We got a point against the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. I said uh in the show that will not be heard, um, that I was very putting a lot of stock on last night's game. I did feel that way. I felt kind of like this is almost kind of a defining moment. We've this is the end of January. We're going we're now in February, halfway through. Only got about a quarter of the season left. Um and they lost to a team that I think is more talented than they are. But they went down against a more talented, faster team, and were able on the road, and were able to come back, tie it up, steal a point that otherwise I don't think they necessarily deserved with how they played throughout the whole game, throughout the whole night. And that's after losing your newly named captain Sean Couturier, yep, and after losing Cam York as well to some undisclosed injury, which I'm sure they'll be fine. But uh, yeah, with all things considered, I'm not I'm not upset about how last night's game went. It would it could have been better, but. The season's about progress, and uh, they played a, a talented, fast team well. So,
1: yeah. So they, you know, you have to also remind yourself that not only did the Flyers lose Cam Atkinson, but going into the game, they didn't even have uh, Tyson Forrester. He didn't play last night, so that's another pretty big deal of a guy that isn't playing. Um, obviously, Rasmus was still in doubt, but and even though, Ra- you know. Ra- Bristol line hasn't been your star defensive player. He's still been in the starting lineup throughout the majority of the season. So it's just another thing that you have to adjust with. Uh, Interestingly enough, thought I'd point this out before we go into what we're going to talk about. In terms of leaders on ice, Travis Konechny led all skaters with 22 minutes. Jamie Drysdale, the leading defenseman in minutes, 20 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, Travis Sanaheim who got the goal, but was a minus two overall. Just 19 minutes and 59 seconds. So, uh, there are things to clean up. You lost to a you lost to a team that has more talent. We said that the you know we don't have an Austin Matthews or we don't have a uh, Mitch Marner, but let's talk about the news that we were trying to get to yesterday. Yes, it's been years in the making, Cameron. And last night was Sean Couturier's first game as the 20th captain in Flyers history. Now, for those who like a little bit of trivia on the Fly Guys podcast. You guys know that I love a little bit of trivia. (laughs) Can you name the last four captains that were for the Philadelphia Flyers?
0: Drew, Pronger, Richards. It's the one right before it, because I know it's not Keith Primo for at least two captains. I'm missing two. There's two short-lived ones in there. Two
1: short-lived ones. So right after Primo would have been Peter Forsberg. Right. And then... After Forsberg – well, there was like this – because Forsberg got traded. And for a time, Darian Hatcher then became the captain. Right. But the 2007 2008 yeah. team featured Jason Smith as the captain That's of the Philadelphia Flyers. That's was the was one like I'm 30, thinking of. And he was like 37 years old. He had spent most of his career playing in Canada, I believe, with the Turon- – uh, not Toronto Maple Leafs, so the Edmonton Oilers. But Jean Couturier, a very well and deserving man – who honestly has fought through quite a bit of adversity on his own. We talk about how much crap Giroud took during his time as captain, but I just want everyone to kind of take a moment. Let's talk about the career of Sean Couturier leading up to this moment. Now, Cameron and I. This isn't a research-based episode, unfortunately. Although, <laughs> honest to God, we probably could, probably could do an episode like that, like a research-based episode on all twenty captains of the Flyers and how they did and how the team did while they were the captain.
0: That's that sounds like an off-season show, but actually, that I'd, is, I'd, without that, a doubt, that would be cool season show. Add it, add it to the list of, of off-season show ideas. We
1: have two. We got to start writing these downs. Yeah, downloads. there's a lot. Too many ideas.
0: Yeah, there's a lot.
1: Uh, So, Sean Couturier broke into the league with the Philadelphia Flyers during the 2011-2012 season. A lot of people have fond memories of that season. At just 19 years old, in 77 games played, he had 27 points. He wasn't really the focal point of the young guys that had been brought in after the Carter and Richards trade. You know, you think more about what Matt Reed had done that year. You think Wayne Simmons. You think about... Uh, Braden Shen, Shen. was a big time prospect mm-hmm. coming over to the Flyers at that point. And they'd even gotten Jake Voracek at the time in the trade that sent uh, Carter over to Columbus. So by the way, fun memories. Jeff Carter is a Columbus Blue Jacket. Short-lived if there was ever, there ever was one that was short-lived.
0: There's, there's not many clubs in Columbus. Not a whole lot of clubs. <laughs> so
1: Mike Richards like, yeah, I'm going to LA. And Jeff's like,
0: what? He's like that, How? Did, how? That's awesome. How did you do that? Did Peter just hate me that much? <laughs>
1: So, Sean Couturier, he gets up with the Flyers. He has a pretty unremarkable season as a rookie. He does finish ninth in Calder voting, which is worth noting. Also, he finished 41st in Selkie voting, which it was just funny that they went down that far. It's like, oh, yeah, he was 41st. He was right there. He was number 41 on our list. But if there was ever an award that would forever be tied to Sean Couturier as an almost award, the Selkie award is certainly one that will be forever attached to his name. They get into the playoff series against the Penguins that year, and what do you say, Cameron? I mean, he the man was just unbelievable against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in a s- series that was featured only by fighting and scoring. A commonly forgotten thing was just how great Sean Kateri was defensively in that series.
0: That's what that's what put him on the map. I mean, that's what I think everyone kind of, like you said, a lot of people don't remember that Matt Reed was kind of the breakout star that year. He had 20-some yeah. goals. Um him and Kateri were together, though. They were kind of, they both, I remember them two peas in a pod, two penalty killers together for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was his prowess didn't come in the fact of like this guy's an offensive powerhouse, not at all. It was the fact of he's going up against the Stanley Cup favored winning team that year, which was the Pittsburgh Penguins, led by Sidney Crosby. May have heard of him. Evgeny Malkin may have heard of him. Um, and he shut both of those guys down, earning himself the nickname of Crosby Killer doing that at 18 years old um, when guys still aren't struggling are still struggling to shut him down now at Sidney Crosby's 37. And he was doing it 12 years ago when he was in his, when Crosby was in his prime and Couturier is just a young buck, 18 year old. That to me was what really put him on the map. That's to me what kind of made everyone's radar go up about him. Um, I remember, I think it was about a year later. I remember someone saying, you know, his potential is a Patrice Bergeron. And that was where I, fell in love with him i said if, if you can say that he's going to be 50 percent of patrice bergeron he's my favorite player on the ice
1: and you know it's funny because patrice bergeron would later go on to take you know the selkie award a couple of times where i think a lot of people thought maybe sean couturier had been deserving of it but it's also patrice bergeron who was yeah. you know one of the greatest two-way players <laughs> yeah. of our generation of all time you could even make the argument of and that 2012 series is featured by a couple of things with sean couturier one game two he gets a hat trick he's you know Jim Jackson screaming, he's 19 years old and he has a Stanley Cup playoff hat trick. And then James Neal trying to murder Sean Couturier in game three of that series where the Flyers would end up winning that game 8-4 to and winning the series four games to two. But after that, I think there was so much belief that Sean Couturier was going to be, he is the next star in the making in Philadelphia. And for a couple of years, it really just wasn't as simple as that. The lockout shortened season, 15 points in forty-six games. The season after, when they lost to the Rangers in seven games, thirty-nine points in eighty-two games. As a matter of fact, for the first six years of his career, I think it's six years. Yeah, six years of his career, never eclipsed forty points. And as you remember, especially in our days of college, you know, the 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 college flyers, as you and as you've called them before, there were a lot of calls from the fan base that hey, this guy's not getting it done offensively. I'm tired about the defense. I'm tired about hearing about the defense, rather. Uh, I want to see some points. Let's let's get him out of here. Let's just trade him. Like, he's done here. He can't accomplish it. And it was hard to, for, for me personally, I understood why there was so much frustration. I really liked Sean Couturier a lot. I really did. But I never really thought, at this point, I was like, well, you know, he's, at this point, and this was after, you know tw- you know, the 2016 season, all right, he's 24 years old. This is pretty much what he is at this point. You know, he's not just going to randomly turn into a guy that can get you 90, 100 points. And then the next season, Cameron, literally the next season during a year in which the Flyers would make the playoffs and Claude Drew had a hundred point season and he didn't win the, uh, the art trophy, art Ross trophy, but we won't talk about that. Shout out to Taylor Hall. Fuck you. And a season in which Jake Vorchek had a really good year and a season in which Shane Goss had a pretty productive year. And Ivan Provorov was really good with the Flyers. A lot of people, you know, may remember the Giroux season, but you cannot forget Sean Couturier's 31 goals, 45 assists, 76-point seasons. It is really one of the better individual years that we've seen out of a Philadelphia Flyer in recent memory. And after that, I don't think there was any question as to what Sean Couturier means to be a Philadelphia Flyer. Great defender, and he finally put together the offense. And after that point, Cameron, he wasn't just loved in Philadelphia as a flyer. He became a very big fan favorite because of that season.
0: Yeah, and, like, it's funny because I remember back, I want to say, probably 2016. So it's probably about a couple years before he really broke out. I remember hearing, again, like you were just saying, hearing those rumors about people wanting him traded. And I understood it, too. Like, I wasn't going to be a guy defending him necessarily you know what I mean but my whole argument at that time I remember was just like he's only 22 23 years old he's still very young and listen he might not be the point per game you know killer that we wanted him to be when we saw thought that he could be that at 18 but at that point when he was 22 23 24 years old what his contract was for what he was doing I felt I felt like the trade wishes were ridiculous. I was like, he, he's not. It's not like he's getting paid six, seven, eight million a year. He was getting paid at that point two, three, if that. And he's one of the best penalty killers in the game at the time. At the time, I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. So when he does bust out and breaks out seventy points, and then he does a uh, two years after that win his first Selkie while also busting out another fifty nine points, twenty two goals, thirty seven assists. It was very vindicating for me. I, I was. So incredibly happy for him after hearing just year after year after year of all these rumors about him. To me, again, doing the silent, unappreciated work of defense. Finally, he's doing something where he can he can throw it out at the face of all the haters and say, hey, like, you all think I sucked? You're all dumb, as I've always been pretty good at this thing. So, yeah, it was. I'm very happy today. I'm very happy that he got it. I'm proud of him. He's always been to me the guy that has been the next in line, even before they got rid of Claude Giroux. Um, I understood it was. You heard a lot about Lawton. Heard a lot about Travis Konechny. Um, Lawton, I understand because he's a big, big locker room guy. A lot of people love him, and his off ice contributions to the community is next level on this team. Travis Konechny, I get as well because he's kind of becoming the the new face of the franchise, the star, the only All Star that we've had this season, past two years in a row now. But to me, Sean Couturier is the perfect example of what the Philadelphia Flyers are right now: defensive-minded, putting in the hard work, not putting in the flashiness, worrying more about positioning and and making sure you're doing your job on the ice as opposed to the the flashy, you know, lacrosse goals and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, all the what is it? The um, the dumb league. You know, the dumb kind of league. Shit. It's the dumb yeah.
1: league that John Tortorella has to stomach through. And, and, and listen. You are right. I I do think that Lawton is regarded more as the you know the, the locker room guy, and for good reason. But you do get the sense that Choncateria has always been just this quiet, respected leader in that locker room that mm. many people look up to. And I thought he was the right he was the right candidate to take over for Giroud to to where you when you look at a player you think. Are they worthy of wearing the C? Because the Flyers have only had twenty captains. You know, they've only had twenty. And when you think of Flyers captains, you probably think of Bobby Clark as the first guy in your mind, as you yeah. should. He is the greatest Flyer of all time. And you know, you know, for those who grew up in you know in the in the eighties, you know, you might think about um uh, uh oh my God uh, Prop right.
0: Well, Brian Prop, yeah, yeah, Brian Prop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Prop, Brian yeah.
1: Prop, um and Lindros,
0: um keith primo like yeah the keith list kind of goes on the, like
1: lindross is definitely one you think about you know if you were growing up in the 90s and everything lindross was obviously i mean he was everything he was a he was mr philadelphia flyer uh the first captain that i had experience with was keith primo really and i loved keith i just loved the way he carried himself mm-hmm. stoic face but he did all the dirty gritty work he yeah. scored goals when we when he needed to. His 2004 playoff performances were legendary, um, and that's kind of how I look at Sean Couturier. I look at him as a guy who deserves to don the sea. Someone who, do, who who when I look at him, I think of him as a Philadelphia Flyer. And for the record, before anyone beats me up, yes, I know I misspoke, and I was referring to Dave Pullen, not Brian Prop, as the captain. I, I know this, so. Don't worry. I know Dave Pullen was the captain. She,
0: Listen, we're young. Okay. It, it's, we're well, allowed to make mistakes. What, what, okay, what, what did
1: Kelly call us? She called us mid. Like we're not, we're not young, but we're not <laughs> old. So she called us mid. I'm like, that's funny.
0: <laughs> that is the best way. That's exactly how I feel, though. Like I don't identify with. I, I can't. I can't identify. I know how to. I know how to troubleshoot a laptop or an iPad, but I also don't understand Instagram right in the middle right in the middle and it sucks it sucks being where we are or it's great i don't know who knows but um yeah dude yeah uh the history of captains kind of goes it speaks for itself it speaks for itself and uh yeah I, I agree with you i i just don't think anybody represents a better and i in terms of in terms of smiles i mean him and bobby clark both at the top. You know, right? it's it's right. almost
1: a shame that he got his teeth fixed because you know when he smiled, you just you know, and especially with the hair the way it was, it's like oh my god, he's 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 a young ver- young version of Bobby. Yeah. Clark. You know what? Although someone came up to him and was like, hey man. You, if you keep that look they're gonna expect it to, if, to expect you to turn into that so you might want to fix the teeth cut the hair you might want to you know have your own look you know
0: and yeah they don't Sean's We don't want like, you like
1: appreciate it appreciate we, the advice
0: we can't we can't have you out there breaking your stick over people's ankles anymore we can't no. have that happen anymore it's a different <laughs> league now dude different league
1: um and so his first game is a flyers last night and it was awesome the flyers get off to the one nothing start against Toronto then the second period comes and then Austin Matthews I don't know if you remember this guy he's kind of one of the best goal scores in the NHL today. He might be the best goal scorer in the NHL as of today. Uh scores 3 goals in the second period, gets a natural hat trick. Flyers go down 3 to 1 entering the third period, but oh my god, if this isn't the team that never says die. Garnet Hathaway scores to make it 3 to 2 and then Travis Konecny, hey, that's alternate captain. Travis <laughs> Konecny to all of you. Scores on the power play ties it up at three. I texted Cameron once. I knew the third period was over because I didn't want to say anything and jinx it before the end of the third. They got a point. And then, 20 seconds later, William Nylander, in overtime, game over, ends the Flyers' four-game win streak. The point streak is still going. We're up to five games now. And Cameron, you and I talked about yesterday on the episode that will never be heard by anyone. (laughs) Um, Yes, obviously, it's annoying to... um, to, to lose any game. But we looked at this game as a potential measuring stick game. They got outplayed for two and a half periods. They they stayed in it. I mean, a two-goal game is still staying in it. And then they come back, and they are, are able to tie up the game. If they had lost this game 6-1, Cameron and I might be sitting here thinking going, all right, trade deadline, let's talk about it. But they went toe-to-toe with a top three team in the Atlantic Division. They got a point where they probably shouldn't have gotten a point. They continue to fight back against teams that have high-end talent. They played honorably against the Colorado Avalanche, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not so much the Boston Bruins, but I don't think talent was the reason why they got blown out in that game. They fight so hard in these games, and they've beaten some great teams this year, and they've lost some games where you're like, dang it, I, I really wanted to see them pull that one out. But Cameron, once again... Not even disappointed. Just good job. Good job getting the point. We just want to see those point numbers continue to go up, up, up.
0: Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of super important at this point. Um, but yeah, dude, going into last night's game, I, I felt I said it to you plenty of times. I'm probably putting too much stock into it. Um, I'm using it as a big measuring stick for what this team is. But last night's game pretty much showed to me exactly what this team is. Exactly kind of what I thought this team would be at this point. Which, again, is is a team they're not going to win. They're not going to win every game. But they are showing up against teams. Yep, That's all I can ask them to do. That's all we've said this entire season. The, the key word of the season is about progression, about progress, being better, showing up, being accountable. Um, that's what they were. The old Flyers, last year's Flyers, the Elaine Vigneault flyer, Flyers, the Chuck Fletcher Flyers, the uh, Dave Haxtall Flyers. Once they were down, three to one, three to zero. Oh, that that would be it. That would be it. It would it, it would have turned into a six one game if this was a different era of Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, absolutely. But it didn't. Um, and it was like, okay. Me and you were saying back in November, December, like, okay, well, is that just the streak that this team is on now? Well, we'll know come January. We know we'll know come after the the winter, the holiday break. We'll know come after the All Star break. Well, it's after the All Star break. They won four of the last five, and they got a point against an extremely talented offensive team. Do I expect them to win a Stanley Cup? No. Do I expect them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably not, but I do expect them to compete in the playoffs, and that is a really, really big step than from what this team has been for the last almost decade, dare I say.
1: So last year, the Flyers, you know, in their first year under Tortorella, they got shelled a couple times where they lost a game. I want to say they lost to the Devils like seven nothing or something like that last year, and I think there was another game too. I don't know if it was. was it Tampa Bay or was at Boston. They lost like six nothing. I forget now, but they got shelled quite a bit last year. Yeah. And this year, listen, they've been shelled a little bit. Um, you know, they, they they had the rough loss to the Boston Bruins earlier this season. Um, but I just want to point out they went down in that game five nothing. They did score two goals. It was 6-2 at the end of the game. I think the game that I think about the most when I think about how this team has been shelled in the past was the fact that I think they, what was it, the five, it was a 5-0 loss to the LA Kings.
0: But Yes, early in the season, yeah.
1: Early in the season. Yeah. This team just just says, they don't get shelled. Okay, they don't get destroyed out there. Matthews scores three goals on home ice against the Flyers. That game should never have gone to overtime. Mm-hmm. Now Toronto mm-hmm. fans will celebrate as they should. You know they won the game. Good for them. But I'm celebrating the fact that my team continues to just battle and chip and battle away to get themselves in a position to win. I, I we we talk about it all the time on this show. We want this team to be hard to beat. We don't. We're tired of you know losing five one to a decent team because uh oh we played a decent team tonight. Yeah. You know, like I want it to be that when teams are leaving the ice, and Cameron has put it more beautifully than I have, I want teams to leave the ice thinking like I, I just don't want to have to play the Flyers again. That's what I want them thinking. I don't want the, I want them thinking, yeah. "Gosh, I'm get me out of the, this city, get, get them out of our city. I don't want to deal with them anymore." Yeah. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got us two more times. You're gonna have to come to the, to Philadelphia at some point. So, and I think I, I feel confident in saying the Flyers will be ready. They're 4-0-1 out of the break, Cameron. They had a five-game losing streak where I think a lot of people were ready to, you know, bury them in the ground, go six feet under. And I think a lot of it had to do, obviously, with Carter Hart and the straight-up horrendous allegations that are levied against him right now. And I do think that ate a lot into what the team was feeling. And it was clearly a distraction for them mentally. It's tough. I I know that for them, they're sad that they're losing a teammate. For some of those teammates, might feel betrayed by Carter Hart. They they oh, honestly yeah. might.
0: I mean, I can't. I like don't even want to dive into the the psychological effect something like that happens to a person. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where, like, like truth be told, you're probably I'm sure probably a couple of those players are probably gonna need therapy to kind of. Mm-hmm. Learn how to navigate and how to deal with that because not many people have to kind of wrestle with that that idea that you've been you know in the same locker room as a, a potential horrendous Alleged. monster you know yeah. who who knows you know I I, I do not want to be the person that has to try to wrap your head around that
1: and and so they have the losing streak.
0: And also try to play a game and focus on your job while doing that.
1: Yeah. Listen, when they lost to Ottawa, I was like, there's something wrong with this team right now. I I mean, I I think a lot of people felt, you know, we felt the Flyers felt heavy in those last week and a half before the All-Star break. The fans felt heavy. Everything just felt really bad. Out of the break, they play some good teams. They beat these teams. They have a they have a weird game against Arizona that they find a way to win because they played a flawless third period. So, honest to God, I look at this loss to Toronto. Just go win on. Just go win tomorrow, and we'll talk more about tomorrow because it's an awesome thing. And I want to talk a little bit, we'll talk a little bit about you know Stadium Series, but this is a playoff team, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I I just I just think it's time that we just stop expecting the other shoe to drop and just accept that while this may be a rebuild, this particular team should be in the playoffs come April. They should. Cameron, they should. Like, they should.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, like would, I, I
1: would consider it a failure if they didn't make the playoffs at this point from an individual season
0: standpoint. I would I would as well. I, I, to me, if, if they're not going to make the playoffs, either the Metropolitan and the Eastern Conference got extremely hot at the right time, or it was just a colossal meltdown. And it it takes both of those things happening for something like that to happen. Given the position that they're in at this moment,
1: they put themselves in a really good position.
0: They have exactly tomorrow. They got a
1: game against the new Jersey devils. That game is taking place at MetLife stadium, the stadium that takes more ACLs than Jesus took (laughs) into heaven with him. So I have to point out that. The fact that they're playing this stadium series is really fun, and I think it's great for the NHL, how they do the – I personally love the outdoor games. They've been doing it since 2008 with the Winter Classics and all that stuff. I think it's awesome. I'm a big fan of it. A couple of things that I just would like to make mention of. Tomorrow's weather. Has anyone checked the weather in MetLife, you know – or not MetLife, in East Rutherford, New Jersey tomorrow? Did anyone bother to make sure that it's going to be uh, – what's the right word cold enough for this for this ice to make sure it holds up well it should it's gonna be 36 degrees it's gonna be cloudy so we should have a pretty clean day of hockey we've had some weird weather here so i just want to make sure you you took account of the weather the new jersey i knew i knew
0: i knew you were you were yeah okay
1: are trailing the philadelphia flyers in the standings (laughs) So tomorrow's game is not – the reason I'm talking about the ice is because I want a clean playing surface because this game freaking matters tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Just to give you all a sense of how much – how important it is, if the Flyers win tomorrow in regulation, they would take a nine-point lead with them into next week over the New Jersey Devils for that fourth spot in the Metropolitan. They'd be at 67 points. The Devils would be still at 58 points. If they lose tomorrow, not only do the Devils still have two games in hand on the Flyers, but suddenly now it's only a five-point cushion the Flyers have of 65 points to 60. Even a win in overtime or a shootout, the Flyers are looking pretty good because they 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 just they extend that lead just a little bit. So not only do I need the playing surface to be good because I want to enjoy this outdoor game, but I just want it to be a good game and a fair one because I, I don't want my team getting screwed here at a potential points. That's important. That matters. Every game now is officially, we are on notice. If you lose a game against a Western Conference team, it's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. Lose to the Islanders? The Devils? Yeah, it's a problem. Can't be doing that. Penguins even? I don't know. I think the Flyers play the Penguins like one more time, maybe two more times or something like that. Um, even Washington. And Washington, yeah. by the way, Washington is in the toilet right now in their last ten games are two, six and two, and they are fighting to stay alive at this point. They are in rough shape, we'll call it. Penguins yep. have four games in hand over the Flyers, but they're ten yes. points back. So the Flyers still would have a lead over the Penguins if they didn't play over the next four games and the Penguins won their next four. Exactly.
0: Games. Exactly. That's that's the downside right now, the Philadelphia Flyers being as high up as they are. It's partly because they've been playing really, really well. But also because they, they have more games in hand. So, like, would if the Flyers lost tomorrow, they'd be at sixty-five points. The Devils would now be at sixty. Would only have five more games to go. There's only two games between them.
1: So it's the four Devils, points. They can't the Devils win the those points. two
0: games. The the Flyers are they're only one point away. All of a sudden, yep, mm-hmm. it's that close. It's that close. The Penguins have fifty-four points right now, but they've only fifty-five. Excuse me, but they're four games behind Philadelphia. Yep. they're right there like as as much as you want to look at the standings and be like oh it's all the way down here all the way down there is not that far down right now nope. in in the Eastern conference it's extremely extremely tight but I just gotta say dude I'm so happy to be back here I'm so happy to be actually we're talking about the standings here
1: standings in February yeah.
0: doing the math in my head of like okay all right well then we're like okay so well no we're good we're good they can't catch us they're can- I love being back there it's been it's been years. It's been so long to where bubble, I am looking season. at this and I actually, but even that season, it was like, it was fun for the season. But once the playoffs started, I kind of, we kind of realized like, okay, this, this Cinderella story is over. This just feels different. This feels like it's not, you're not asking for a miracle. They're building something real here. So it's just,
1: I do think, listen, I think the most, nice. I think the important measuring stick here is because of the disparity in games, what you'd really need to look at are the points percentages and the Flyers, I mean, listen, yes. they're not in third place because they've played the most amount of games by chance. They do have a 591 points percentage, which ranks above anything the Devils, Penguins, Islanders, Capitals, and Blue Jackets True. have done. The only True. two teams above them in the Metropolitan are go figure, the two best teams, Carolina and New York, the, the Rangers, which we see them in about a week. The Rangers would be
0: nice. Not saying they're going to, would be nice. Beat them. That'll be tough. That'll be a tough one, a fun one. But before we go away from the East Conference, I just got to say, Alex Ovechkin, we dogged on him a little bit for only having eight goals a couple weeks ago. My man is just on a rampage. (laughs) Five goals in his last five games. One goal a game. He's just, he's upset about it. He heard us saying, oh, he's not going to catch Gretzky," And he was like, okay, (laughs) dude. All right. We'll see. We'll see. So, like, I don't know. But at the same time, like you said... They're still they're still losing games, so um, they're, they're, you know, just well, typical again, Washington Capitals point, Alex Ovechkin something. career at this well, point.
1: Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals are not operating under the the desire to win at this point. At now, now it's just about catching Gretzky. That's all they yeah. care about at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's any, like it's any, like if they're winning at the end of the game and the goalie is pulled, they're like, "All right, Ovi, get on the ice." Can you imagine how <laughs> angry Ovi will be if you know? I don't know. I, I don't even know if. Tom Wilson scores an empty netter and Ovi had a chance to get it. And I was just like, dude, are you like, really?
0: Dude. It's like, it's like refrigerator Perry getting the carry when Walter Payton was just sitting on the bench waiting to make history.
1: It is, it is kind of funny that uh, – that's a little fun fact about Cameron. Not a big fan of the Fridge because he stole a Super Bowl touchdown from Walter
0: it, It's not – the Fridge I don't have a problem with. It's Mike Dicka more. Um, I feel like he gets <laughs> a lot of credit for that team when really the team's credit is what? It's defense, and he had nothing to do with the defense. That was Buddy Ryan. And then, yeah, you got a – historically one of the greatest running backs of all time and one of the greatest men. They only named the man of the year award after him. And you're just going to say – no, we're going to have an offensive lineman take your glory for you. It doesn't matter. It's funny
1: because if you listen to the Bears documentary um, from the 85 season, the ESPN 30 for 30, they ask uh, Dick about that. He goes, "He goes, I didn't think about it. And everyone's like, what do you mean you didn't think about it?
0: And that's the problem. Like, that's the problem, buddy. You didn't think listen,
1: about he, it. But yeah, he ran the Saints into the ground. And for that, we thank
0: him. But, <laughs> he did. Yes, he did.
1: Uh We'll talk about football maybe towards the end of the show because uh, that that dumb game happened over the weekend. And ultimately, though, getting back to the Flyers for a moment and really the Metropolitan as a whole. Yeah. Don't you love it? Cameron said it best. Don't you love it? We're sitting here. It's February 16th, and we're like, okay. Figure they win against the Devils. And then who do they have after the Devils, Cameron? You know, like it feels like we haven't even looked at the schedule ahead after the Stadium Series. They have a game game on – it's four days later. So they get a four-day break between the Stadium Series and their next game. They're playing the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, walking into the shithole that is Chicago. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Let's do it, buddy. Do me a
1: favor. (laughs) Don't lose that game. Do not lose that game. Please don't. Like,
0: Please don't. I mean,
1: and I'm not just saying it because I'm a fan. I'm saying it because I do not want to have to set up this microphone equipment and talk about you losing the game. I just, I, I mm-hmm. personally do not have that in me to talk about how the Flyers lost to the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, you can, you can get smacked by the Rangers on on Saturday. Yeah, if fine. that means you don't exactly. lose the Chicago on, just don't. Yeah, it, do not lose it's a, to Chicago. It's just a personal. You just, it's immediate flashbacks whenever I see that jersey. Firstly, immediate.
1: With, with Chicago, especially, you know, they get like every single winter classic you could possibly. They're, they're tied for the most winter classics. Them <laughs> Which I didn't know.
0: I didn't know that until you pointed that out. I, yeah. I did not know that.
1: It's ridiculous that, they have, that they're tied for the most. Um, let me ask them. So the Flyers have played in two winter classic games against Boston yep. in 2010 against yep. the Rangers. Two. I have no issues with those opponents. Mm-hmm. When are we going to get Flyers-Penguins at Beaver Stadium? in Happy Valley. I I have been begging for this ever since Winter Classics came out. You have a stadium that can seat 100,000 people in the middle of the state, the Keystone State, and you can have the team that has been like the team of the 2010s in the Pittsburgh Penguins and their biggest rival, the Philadelphia Flyers, meet in Beaver Stadium and play a Winter Classic game. They're... I don't know how, what we have to do to get the Flyers more Winter Classic games, Cameron. But I want them outside more. The Stadium Series was awesome with the Penguins. That was such yeah. a well done thing, yeah. and it was so much fun.
0: Yeah, it it made a, it made a game fun in what was a a meaningless season. That season it was meant a meaningless nothing season. to me. But that game, I was there for it. I was having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they really missed an opportunity by not having a game at Be- Beaver Stadium because it's like it's the perfect midway point yep. of Pennsylvania. It's the perfect bat. I mean. It markets itself. The Battle of Pennsylvania. There you go. But I think they messed up because it's like, well, now the Flyers kind of became a little irrelevant, but they're on their way back up. But still in that kind of irrelevant sphere, whereas the Penguins just kind of have taken a nosedive over the last couple of seasons. And they're almost kind of irrelevant. So it kind of getting to the point where it's like, well, that game doesn't really matter except for the fans of those you teams. You say that, but but the Chicago great.
1: Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues are scheduled for next year's Winter Classic.
0: This is true. This is true. That's a very good point. But I just feel like you had this prime opportunity where you had Giroux versus Sidney Crosby. 2015, you it would have been the game. If they, if they had had the oh.
1: foresight to predict what 2012 was going to turn into, making 2013 that Winter Classic game, that would have been just... It would have been everything. It would, um, it would have been. And for those yeah. who are already screaming, at, 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 you know, whether you're listening in your cars or, or, or you're just like working out, yes, I know that Beaver Stadium doesn't allow any alcohol sales, and that's been a big bugaboo as to why they might not have the game there. But guess what? Yeah. That's changing. That's changing. They're going to allow alcohol in Beaver Stadium, so get the Flyers and the Penguins over there now.
0: You're, you're, the excuse is now gone. Also, the whole thing like oh, I won't be able to drink. Okay, so every time they flash to the student section, you think those kids are sober when oh, you're watching Saturday. They were Saturday. sober as a gopher. You know it. Come on, come on. Just um, just, just other teams create. that I
1: want to other teams that I want to see the Flyers in a in a stadium or not in a stadium series are in at least in a winter classic game again, outdoor gaming, outdoor game. The, yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, Western, you know what? I, I, it's it's kind of a weird one just because I feel like. The rivalry hasn't been quite what it once was, but a lot of great playoff battles between these teams over the years. Uh, Buffalo Sabers would love to see it. Flyers Sabers in a in a yeah, I think that you could have that game. At the Bill Stadium yeah, that was
0: that was the first I believe non non original six Stanley Cup, wasn't it?
1: The Flyers 74? were the first team to win a uh, a non original Oh, yeah, but oh you the mean first like Cup where it was matchup? Yeah, where it was yes, both yes, teams down it the was
0: the next one. season, correct? Yeah, so like yeah, that has historical significance in that way as well, too. Yeah. I think that would be a good uh, one. Great yeah. jerseys by the way. Buffalo Sabres, they really need to become relevant again because their jerseys are some of the best in the NHL. It's kind of for that honest.
1: reason why I want the Ottawa Senators to become relevant because I love their logo. They I think have they have the great nicest jerseys logo too. in the NHL. Yeah. So uh and then in terms of other teams, I want to see them play. I mean, you could go through the list. We've already done the Rangers, the Hurricanes, and Flyers. Don't have much of a rivalry. I don't care about that. The Devils and Flyers. I guess we're technically getting one tomorrow. Although I'd love to see and like a like another one with them. Um, yeah, New an Islanders, actual
0: rivalry. Yeah,
1: Islanders are an okay rival. I mean, they beat us
0: in the Stanley Cup Final nineteen eighty. It's 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 hard to hate the Islanders. Because it's like, there's, I already have so much invested hate with the Rangers. Yeah. I can't put that much hate into one city for both teams. It's, it's difficult. Like, I hate the Jets. I, I, and I know it's because of the divisional thing. But I just have no issue with the Giants at all. None.
1: Now, here's a winter I classic can't. idea that I thought about for the Flyers. Okay. In the interest of the great expansion, how about something as simple as the Philadelphia Flyers and the other great expansion team that had bested them in their first couple years of even being in the league, St. Louis blues. Like that'd be a cool, like great, you know, the great expansion type thing to do. You could do that with more than just the Flyers. You could do like penguins blues. You could, uh, I mean, unfortunately the California seals are no longer with us, you know, rest in peace. But um, I just think that the Flyers have so many eligible opponents that they should be up against for a winter classic. And I also just think that the NHL is not seizing the Philadelphia market the way, the way that they should. Yeah. You you had this wonderful game at Citizens Bank Park about twelve years ago. You had this really wonderful game at Lincoln Financial Field about five or six years ago. Yeah, the precedents there. I would I'd probably get it done respectfully. I would like you to just get it done. <laughs> Give me more outdoor games, just man. The, I want to I go outside. The
0: demand, more. the demand. Just the simple, just just get it done. Just, just get it done. done.
1: Like just, I, you know, I, just do it. I'm constantly cooped up inside. It's not that I don't enjoy watching the Flyers from my living room, but, you know, I want a place to go. I was very tempted to try and go to this game tomorrow, but. Yeah, it would be rad. That's a ride. That's a a whole journey to decide to do last minute.
0: If, if, and like, it's, yeah, it's because it's Philadelphia and I'm biased, but like if the game was happening in Philadelphia, I would consider it. I'm not going to Jersey again. It's not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to MetLife. I've been to MetLife Stadium. Why would I want to go there? It's a it's, depressing
1: it's, hull of a stadium. It's not. It's it's very sh- lifeless.
0: It's a shit stadium in a shit area. I'm saying it. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tone myself down a little bit. It's a bad stadium in a not nice area, and not by like oh it's unsafe. It's just like no. It's just it's just not appealing at all. It's not fun to drive out to MetLife. You get depressed on the way over there. It's not. It's a crappy experience. It's a very crappy experience. You're not even in New York, so it's not even like you can just leave the game and be like, oh, let's go out and get some fine New York cuisine because you got to drive an hour and a half into the Mm -hmm. city with all the traffic to get there anyway. I hate it. I hate that stadium. I can't stand it for football. It makes no sense. makes no sense to me that New York chooses to play there. I get it. Cause it's the devil's tax whatever. breaks. I,
1: That's the only thing that you need to know is that they were able to get the tax breaks.
0: I just have no interest in that stadium at all. No interest in that in Newark at all. No interest in the devils watching them. Cause it's like, again, they're another team that I just feel like they should be a lot better, um, given their talent. So it just kind of, I don't know the whole thing just seems disappointing, but Hey, have fun. I'm sure it'll be great. The weather will be nice. It'll be outdoor, you know, it'll be a good time, but just not for me. I'm good. I'll watch from my couch and, uh, have just as much fun. <laughs> if it was in Philadelphia, great. If it was in St. Louis, I might consider going. See something I haven't seen, ooh, like you said. Oh, man. If they but, had it, like... It's not.
1: That'd be cool. If Like, imagine if the Flyers went to, like, Bush Stadium to play where the Cardinals play and take on the Blues. That'd be awesome. I would do yeah. that. I mean, hell. I, you know, if the Flyers ever get back to Gillette Stadium, that'd be awesome for you.
0: That would be cool. I'd be down for that. The only the only thing is, like, Judd Stadium for... Those who have been there, the stadium itself is very nice, Um, but it's like the parking and, and trying to get into that stadium. There's only one road in and out. It's not good. Yeah. No, it's stupid. It's not designed well <laughs> at all. And there's a mall attached to it just because. That's right, because not?
1: I think I sent you that tweet. There was that guy on Twitter who was basically like teams need, you know, people, cities need to realize that, you know. Tailgating. People don't actually want to tailgate. People actually just want bars and restaurants in in stadium complexes. It's just no, like, they don't. I sent that to Cameron, and Cameron's like, "Cool, that guy's never actually experienced what I experienced."
0: Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you've never you've never been to a tailgate. You never been to a good tailgate. Number one, just number say, two. Like,
1: tailgating has almost nothing to do. I mean, yeah, the food is definitely a part of it, but like the it is not strictly for food. You know, when I go to tailgating events. It's not because I'm like, gosh, you know, I really wish I had a place to sit down and eat this burger. Right. Like it's, yeah. has I nothing spent, to do with
0: it. I spent $30 to park here. Why would I do that just to go sit in a restaurant and then overpay for food there? It doesn't make any sense. It As may- I'm going to go into the stadium to overpay for pay for food and drinks there. It just, like, it makes absolutely no sense. No, um, none.
1: Now, yesterday, Cameron, before uh, the Wi-Fi did its thing with you. Yeah. 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 We were talking about the trade deadline as well. Yes. And um, we were talking about guys that might be in, might be out, might be staying, might be going. A lot of people, friend of the show, Eric Reese definitely thought this way, mm-hmm. that the Flyers were going to get rid of Rasmus Ristolainen and that he was a big-time candidate to trade because, you know, w- w- biggest reason is that it would allow Travis Sanheim to return to the right side, where John Tortorella really likes him. Travis has been playing on the left, t- left side a bit more. And... Then Rasmus and goes out with what could be a long-term injury. And now that ship has sailed, and they're definitely not going to trade him. So now it returns to the conversation of Scotty Lawton, uh, Nick Sealer, Sean Walker. And I said yesterday, I was like, a team that might want to consider watching Sean Walker, you know, in, in the near future, is the very team that the Flyers were playing last night in the Toronto Maple Leafs. But Toronto, you, you got you to gotta pony up. You got to... Fork up that first-round pick, baby, if you want a good right-handed shot defenseman, Sean Walker. But the name, obviously, that we talked a little bit more about was Scott Lawton. And I came to terms with it that they might trade him and that this is the hard part of the rebuild. Everyone signs up for the rebuild. Everyone's like, oh, my God, just rebuild, rebuild. we got to become a good team in the next few years, so let's just tear it all down. Well, part of tearing it down might include getting rid of a guy that I think most fans love and cherish and believe that he's just one of the most good-hearted men in that locker room is what you sign up for it the the potential to get hurt by a guy leaving is always going to be there in a rebuild but does it make sense to trade scott lawton's uh cameron does it make sense to do it
0: it it, it might depending depending on the on the uh the price it might on the yeah. return you get it now, it might. That's- that's the thing that I, you know, as, as hopeful as I've gotten, you just put it very gracefully, as hopeful I've gotten throughout this season, as proud of I am of this team, um, we have to, again, remind ourselves where this team is at. They're at the ending of, hopefully, at the ending of a rebuild. So they're still in the rebuild process, which means some of your beloved favorite guys might not be on this team forever. Mm-hmm. John Torella has said as much. Um Danny Briere has said as much a guy like Scott Lawton. The reason why we love him is exactly the reason why his name is the first one brought up. He's the guy who can most likely bring the biggest amount of return without you losing the most. Um, He's a great penalty killer. He's an unbelievable locker room guy. He has the leadership quality. He works the hard minutes. He's a perfect bottom six forward for any team that's especially making a push right now. Yes. So, all that being considered, um, watching Sean Couturier get the captaincy, when a lot of people thought Scott Lawton might get it, uh, doesn't really bode well for him. However, Lawton did become an alternate captain, so I think that does does hold some weight to it. Um and yeah, the other guys being Nick Sealer and Sean Walker are the ones I've heard, I heard Winnipeg as well, is interested in both guys. Um yeah. I don't know what what that would look like. But it's one of those things of like, yeah, it, it is it gonna be tough as a fan. Yes, it is, but the team is in a rebuild and you gotta have faith. It was it was tough to watch Claude Giroux go. I mean literal tears. As mm-hmm. I stood in that stadium and watched him wave me away, my favorite player waved to me specifically. He said, hey, Cam. He didn't wave to the whole crowd. It was just to me. <laughs> and he was like, thank you for all your support. And that that was hard. But they got a first-round pick out of it. They got Owen Tippett out of it. Would I make the trade again if I was there? I don't know if I would because I, I'm weak-willed and I'm I love the guy. So I don't know if I could do it. But at the same time, hockey sense – in terms of the future of the franchise, it made sense at the time. And we are now seeing the fruits of that effort and of that trade start to come to blossom. That could happen with a guy like Scott Lawton being shipped away as well. So as sad as you might be to see your favorite player gone, it might be the, for the betterment of the team. And you might be looking at it in two years from now saying, Hey, I'm, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad he was here for what he was here for. Great player. I wish him the best of success, but it says it in the building. It's the crust on the front that matters, not the name on the back. That's what we care about.
1: It does, listen, at the end of the day, the crest, and it's why I, you know, it's why I, for the same reason I thought Sean Couturier deserved to be the captain, Scott Lawton has carried the Flyers' crest so honorably, and he has been such an integral part of this team for the last decade plus, plus. and, you know, it, it was just so weird hearing that one of the rumored teams interested in the services of Scott Lawton are the New York Rangers, a team that I just don't don't do that. Let me
0: tell you something. I'll take a second round pick from any other team.
1: Teams like you know, teams that might offer up, you know, draft capital for Scott Lawton. It's what you're gonna have to do if by the way, if you want Scott Lawton, you need to yeah. give up draft picks. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers price is not the same as say the Calgary Flames price to get Scott Lawton. The Rangers gotta fork it up for sure. Yes. They do not have a choice in the matter. They absolutely have to fork up a premium draft pick or more and slash or more. So yeah, throwing, throw you know, throwing Panarin,
0: <laughs> um,
1: Panarin. Yeah. throwing throw Adam, for for Adam, whatever Adam reason, Fox, Panarin dude. decides he doesn't like Madison square garden anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll go play in Philadelphia. They only protected him from Russia, you know, but it, it's, it is,
1: it is insane to me. It is really insane to me that, uh, that Scott Lawton might be a New York ranger, Within the next few weeks, I I, listen. If they're gonna trade him, don't. Not there. Not there. Send them to the Western Conference. Give them a chance at a cup. You say Winnipeg? They don't have a first round pick this year, unfortunately. But like, I don't know. Colorado's a pretty good team. Does Colorado have all their draft picks? I'll take that. I'll gladly take (laughs) him going to Colorado. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll take the 32nd overall pick. That's fine.
1: That's fine. You know what? To
0: not have him go to New York. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm I'm with you, though. I think maybe the only team that will be worse might be Pittsburgh.
1: I, I think any of the combination of the Rangers, Devils, and Penguins would just be unacceptable. Like, if I saw Jack Hughes playing with Scott Lawton, I would not be well. I wouldn't do well with that knowledge, considering I hate Hughes and I hate the Hughes brothers. And if you're wondering why do I hate the Hughes Brothers, it's because I do. Because they don't play for the Flyers. So I F&L. I don't like
0: this. I don't like I don't like I'm envisioning Scott Lawton talking with his mustache talking shit in a devil and Ranger jersey. I don't like this anymore. No. I don't want to do this anymore. No, I, I don't want to yeah. play this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the trade deadline is three weeks? Three weeks from today, away. It's March eighth.
1: There's a lot that can change as so well, we'll, well. You know, the Flyers we'll could out. all of a sudden really start to patter off and then more guys are getting sold off the fires could really start to establish themselves as a contender and maybe you know if 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 being given an option between standing pat and selling I'd still probably lean towards selling because I'd love to get another first round yeah, pick next year I do
0: I, I am too
1: um but listen you know when I say selling it's I I'm not saying trade Travis Konechny I'm not saying trade Owen Tippett or or Tyson Forrester or Morgan Frost these guys have earned their keep, and they've earned their stay in Philadelphia. They're also young guys that I'm referencing right there, albeit TK is probably 26, 27 at this point, I think. So, yeah, obviously you don't sell off franchise pieces, but Scott Lawton being you know, very close to 30, If I think he might actually already be 30. Is he 29 or 30 years old? Uh, Cameron, you do the math on that one.
0: Yeah, I figured but you know, One second.
1: The whole point is that you know this is what you sign up for, in a rebuild you got a guy that you might love might end up being a new york ranger and you got to be okay with that you talk all you want on twitter about how lose games trade pieces and all that stuff but then when you see scott lawton wearing a rangers uniform and then you're suddenly cursing out the flyers for disrespectful to send him to the rangers (laughs) when i said trade him i meant like just trade him to a team i don't care about
0: i meant just like trade him in like seven eight eighteen seventh ranked or seventh round picks for you know uh uh I don't know Nathan McKinnon for one of those dumb <laughs> NHL trades.
1: Yo, listen, when I said trade Scott Lund, I assumed we were getting back Connor McDavid.
0: That's all I was assuming. You package him and Owen Tippett and the values that Anyway, um, yeah, it is something you have to worry about. He is 29 years old right he's now. 29. But he's going to be, okay, so he's
1: he's gonna be he's gonna 30, be 30 so yeah, in yeah, May. He's gonna be 30. That's in the name Met. you can trade. Although I will say this right now, and I'll let this be known on the podcast: if they don't trade Scott Lund, if they do nothing between now and the trade deadline. I'm not upset. I'm not going to like freak out about it either. I'd also, if they don't do that, I assume that the stretch that we had went really well. And this team thinks that, oh, let's just ride it out with this team. Maybe we'll fall ass backwards into a Stanley cup. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Like if, if they don't trade him or anybody, and then they just go belly up on March 9th and just going to be a little annoyed with them. (laughs) It's going to be a little frustrated annoyed. Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I feel exactly the same way. Um, I don't necessarily want to see Scott Lawton gone. However, business-wise, I understand it. Um, so I, I get wanting to pull the trigger now. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It does for where this team is at. Um, but at the same time, if they don't trade him, I'm not I'm not upset about that either because he's a great penalty killer. He's a great team player. And I, I, when it comes down to it, it's like, well, listen, if I'm going to be playing you in the playoffs, why would I give him to you so you can use him against me? It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I get it on that aspect. But yeah, I'm I'm in a content spot right now yeah. when it comes to Scott Lawton. I just again it's just please don't. Not the Rangers, not the Penguins. Just don't do that to us and don't do that to him. No, okay? I,
1: that's a good point. Don't do that to him. Don't please. punish
0: him. Please.
1: Please. Um, by the way, uh, so for those of you it's February, you know. I hope everyone's got their W twos and they've got everything, you know, and their tax stuff all lined up and Cameron, I don't know what yours is going to look like this year, just because like you moved and everything. I, is it a bit of a mess over there with the tax situation?
0: Listen, I, I I've got all the paperwork. It's just it's just going to be finding the person to say, hey, figure this out.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, I uh, so my my a friend a friend of mine. We went to we all. She went to Shippensburg too. She does uh, tax stuff. And I had asked her earlier in the early, Hey, could you, uh, could you do my taxes this year, please? Like, obviously I'll pay you. Like, I just don't right, want to do them. Right. Yeah. And then I saw like, you know what I got, like, you know, W2, this and this form here and this form here. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. The days of me doing it on paper by myself are long gone. No way. And, Nowhere. um, I, she said to me, she goes, yeah, how, how do you want to get them to me? Now she lives in the good old <laughs> state of West Virginia. I'm like, I'll drive them to you. And, she goes, "We're gonna get like four to eight inches of snow here tomorrow, so maybe not drive all the way down to West Virginia. <laughs> so Cameron, when I tell you I was fully prepared to bring an entire file organizer of my taxes down to West Virginia for this for this for this friend of mine to help me. dead serious. And I even when she's at the four to eight, I'm like, no, my car can handle it. Like you what's know, four, four to eight.
0: How far How far is it to drive for you?
1: Uh, from here it's about a 90 minute drive.
0: Huh. no no, no. So, like, it's like not... it's
1: it's weird when when people when i talk about going to like down to virginia or west virginia yeah um, they don't know
0: that like that that southern pa little line you could hit four states in this exactly and i and I think
1: because you know a lot of my yeah. friends back home or uh, a lot of our friends back home from philly like virginia it's like six hours away it's like no 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 no, actually it's not it's like two hours away maybe even less for me
0: yeah based on You're, here
1: because they just they just assuming i'm talking about like you know At the uh, Mason Dixon line.
0: Yeah. 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 Like, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But yeah, it's like Harrisburg is closer to. To Virginia, West Virginia, and Maryland, I believe all three of them than it is to Philadelphia. It's kind, of, it's weird. It's a weird state. But I'm but, guessing um, you would. I would probably not also not drive think. there, dude. You have an is? Is it an uh, electric hybrid? Don't you have a Ford Fusion? It's, it's it's a Ford
1: Fusion, so it's not exactly electric. It's not exactly. It's not
0: built for four to eight inches. But
1: when I say <laughs> I can handle four to eight inches, it's like because I'm just a good driver. Like I I I, I know how my car handles. Right. Mm-hmm. Great story. This is a great. Actually, you'll love this. So when Tom and I, when we drove up, and by the way, if you ever hear me mention Tom in, in, on this show, I'm just referring to my boss at Penn State Harrisburg. He's our sports information director here. He's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, we drove up to Morrisville State for the United oh, East yeah. Women's Basketball Conference Championships. And it was snowing like crazy. We were in his car, and I bought him a good breakfast, bagels and lox. I take care of my boy. And we're driving up there and we were like probably 20 or 20 or so minutes away from the stadium or from the college. And his car starts to slide. Cause the slow snow at this point is just not doing well. He's trying to back <laughs> up. It's not really cooperating. And I look at him like,
0: Oh, do you like, do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do this? <laughs> that is the most, that is the, that is the worst thing you could say to it, man. That is the worst <laughs> thing you could have done. And God bless Tom. Tom just looking at me and goes, no, I, I got it. Like, you know,
1: Because the, it. Like, Tom, yeah, the this this idiot Tom over here just... thinks that you know he could handle the snow better than I could. Tom's <laughs> like, I'm about to bury this guy's dead body somewhere in one of these four thousand abandoned houses we saw up in Morrisville, New York. When he but... said,
0: "When he said I got it," what he really said was, "No, I got it. You fucking prick. <laughs> I got it. Fuck you."
1: Oh, he, <laughs> he didn't want to say wanted, that. He he wanted. He probably wanted to throw me out of the car in that moment. In my mind, I'm like, oh, he's clearly just not good at driving in the snow. Meanwhile, me over here, professional champion myself, <laughs> I got it. I'll drive in the snow. It'll all did be you? good. And did you uh, get yeah, him Tom did you get him
0: out just... though? Did you get it out? Did you figure it out?
1: Tom figured it out. You know, it turns okay. out he didn't need right.
0: me. I was I was shocked. There you go. I see Tom Tom's a man of resilience. I like Tom. he's Tom's Tom is a
1: man of many things. Looks, brains, yeah. bonds, driving yeah. skills, um patience. Uh, well, you got to have patience if you're going to have me on your staff for the last five years. Well, yeah, but also but like just a
0: sports director, dude. Yeah, Oh man.
1: The jo- it's honestly really cool what I get to see him do. Obviously, being a social media coordinator myself now, I get to see a little bit like I get to do a little bit of what he does. Uh, yeah. He's obviously much better than me when it comes to like graphic design and all that stuff. He's phenomenal at it. But the, one of my favorite things in the world is, oh, it, it, it's fail proof. This guy will be here until 11 o'clock at night. You know, writing articles, getting things done for the school because he works super hard. And then, you know, does does he go home to see his wife and everything as he probably should? Unfortunately, he probably would if I wasn't there because I'd be like, oh, yeah, do you want to go like shoot basketball now? And Tom's just like, <laughs> yeah, we can shoot for a little bit. It's fine. So instead of getting home at 1130, now he's getting home at 1230. And I'm like, I'm sure it's all fine. I'm sure it's all good. What What is rest
0: anyway? Just like a tired dad who came back from a double shift, and his kid's just like, Dad, let's go play the football. And he's, all right, buddy. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it.
1: Also, fun enough, uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to give a, we haven't. – we're yeah. going to be brief about it. Shout out, San Francisco 49ers. Great job. Did a, did a number on themselves. Um, you blamed your defensive coordinator.
0: I just don't get dude. Just just take the loss. You lost. It's fine.
1: So you have the article come out where Nick Bosa basically says, oh, yeah, Shanahan didn't like our call, our zero coverage call with the breed option. We weren't ready for it. And then an hour later, Steve Wilkes is fired. And I'm like, okay, so you have the best offensive mind in football. Couldn't figure out how to beat a team that had been held to 19 points through regulation. Okay. It is amazing to me how that team absolutely refuses to take it absolute – a shred of accountability for them.
0: It's like what's so frustrating is like, it's a great team. It is a great it's team. A great team of great players. You just, you lost, you lost to a, a better team. Andy Reed is one of, if not one of the best coaches of all time, hands down, one of the best offensive coaches. It's not, it's not a terrible thing to lose to that guy. You know but what I mean? There's also just things you're are- like, listen, uh, they, out, they outplayed us. We didn't, we didn't, we weren't prepared enough. Because you weren't prepared enough. You didn't know you weren't. Overtime,
1: we're not prepared enough. As a matter of fact, when the whole Chiefs team is like, oh, they want the ball, why do they, they, okay, they want the ball. We want them to have the ball. And then you've got Kyle Yusechuk saying, oh, so wait, if we score a touchdown, they still get the, oh, I didn't know that. How do you not know that? How do you not prepare? Kyle, how do you not have your team more prepared for that? You've been down to three Super Bowls. How do you not have your team prepared for every contingency imaginable? How? Yeah. How, how are you this
0: dense in the head? And, like, that's the difference. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's the difference between Andy Reid and everybody else is that every scenario, Andy Reid's going, hey, this is happening in positions, and everyone's ready to go. Everyone knows. They're all on the same page. Couldn't have happened to a more likable team, of course.
1: You know, thank you, <laughs> San Francisco. You, you're wonderful. Um, Cameron? Tomorrow's stadium series game, not a stadium series game, but we know. Yeah, no, it is. State, it is called the stadium series game, right?
0: Yeah, stadium series. Yeah. yeah. Big, I, I got a shout out of my own. Big shout out to Kyle Kilmer, longtime friend, great friend of mine. He will be going to the game. Ooh. Um, he was one of the first people I would watch flyer games with. I remember watching the 2009, 2010 seasons with him um, starting off in his his living room as a young buck, 11, 10, 11 years old, and I remember him introducing I was just starting to get into hockey, and he was just like, have you seen this? And it was just YouTube fights after fight after fight after fight. It's <laughs> old school flyers. And um, yeah, a so big shout-out to him. He's going to be at the game, and I hope I hope they win for him. Kyle, I hope they hope win, they win of course.
1: And uh, uh friend of the f- fellow assistant sports information director here, over here, Bobby, uh, he was thinking about going to the game tomorrow. He's got a wedding to go to with uh, with his girlfriend, and then he's thinking about making the trek to – Met life because the wedding's in Jersey. He's like, but it's the three hour drive back that I'm not sold uh, on. And I'm like, uh, you know what? You only get to see the team maybe play outside one time, and the Jonas brothers are playing afterwards. Might be worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I'd, I'd call that a bundle of a steal. Oh, bundle. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, insert the <laughs> meme of um, Leonardo DiCaprio being like, I take that deal. You take that deal?
0: <laughs> yeah. I take that deal. <laughs>
1: Fly Guys Podcast is presented by Bet Online. For the Fly Guys Podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart. This has been Cameron Klein. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cameron Klein15, at GoodhartJustin, at the Fly Guys Podcast. And be sure to follow our parents at Broad Street Hockey. That's Broad ST Hockey. Be happy, be healthy, and as always, let's go Flyers.